Hey Danny, how you doing, man? Headmaster, sir. Good evening, sir. Come to give me a caning, sir. Would you like that, sir? <laughs> very good. That was very Stewie Griffin in a very strange way. Headmaster, sir. Good evening, sir. Come to give me a caning, sir. Would you like that, sir? Yeah, flawless. Yeah. I, I have no trouble believing that you are, in fact, uh, Seth MacFarlane. Yep. I mean, there's better people to be, I guess. Um, he can sing. He's all right. In a sort of very basic Frank Sinatra sort of way. Um, I think he's a bit better than Frank Sinatra, but yeah, I think he's quite a good singer. Oh, don't let my... Don't let every old man in Scotland hear you say that, Lewis. Um, Does every old man in Scotland have a deep fondness for Frank Sinatra? Beyond Sinatra! I see. Well, thank you for explaining that in such beautiful detail. My brother um, be rolling about in his grave. Your brother's still alive, Mark. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, but in case you couldn't tell, uh, we're doing Doctor Who Season 3, Episode 10, a very um, subtle and uh, family-friendly title, The Family of Blood. So, Oh, very nice. Yeah, it may... May as well be death to all. That should that sh- that should have been the title. Um, Lots o death. Yes, uh, mm. I love that pub. And it was written by Paul <laughs> Cornell, directed by Charlie Palmer, and is starring David Tennant, Freema Adjaman, Jessica Hines, Harry Lloyd, Rebecca Staten, and Thomas Brodie Sangster. Indeed, it was good for them. My born you, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <I'm- laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's early, folks. 2pm. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> um, Have you got an opening statement then, Cocker? Yes, I do. Um, an emotional end of a two-parter that makes me think of the Doctor as a villain way more than a hero. Mm-hmm. Very true. Do, do, you, do you have one? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just... Yawning again? Oh, that was it. I was just like, yeah, no, I was drinking some water. Um... I do have an opening statement. Um, I see what you mean about what you're saying about how he's sort of presented as a villain. I think it's... um, For me, it doesn't hammer home so much villainy. It hammers home the idea that he's completely different from everything I know. Yeah. it's it's That's what it sort of hammers home for me, the idea of... um, It's like in The Mandalorian. Um, couldn't you just stay in this village, take your helmet off, marry that pretty woman, drink spatchka for the rest of your life? And he's like, no, I, that, I, I would literally never do that. But that's sort of the the dream for most people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's what it sort of hammers home for this episode for me, is the idea that this sort of living a very fulfilling life with someone you love and, and having children and having a house and a career and all the rest of it, that's something that people want and people love. Um, but it's something the Doctor can't even conceive of. Um, falling in love didn't even occur to him. What kind of a man is that? Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's something that's hammers home how utterly different he is yeah and he has already fallen in love so i don't know how like he fell in love with rose oh that's true yeah maybe it's oh i'll never fall in love again because i'm such a edgelord um <laughs> maybe <laughs> i'm so sad from rose that i will never fall in love ever ever again um mm, mm. clearly yeah. that's his, his his mo maybe maybe uh <laughs> But I guess we're in the creepy room questions part now. Um, yes, I suppose we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the yeah, the the scenes inside uh, the little girl's house are like the best in the entire episode because it's yes. just this sort of um, battle between Martha, who's essentially um, responsible for getting rid of a life, um, which is a horrible position to put someone that you consider your friend mm. in, mm. I yeah. guess. And I know it's like, oh, he's hiding from them and all that, but then we find out at the end of the episode he was just being kind. Like, what? You say that with derision. Do you not like that twist? I do. I get that he's an alien, and I get that, you know, it's all sort of, oh, you you thought him hiding and letting innocent people die was bad? Well, wait until you find out what he does if he just dealt with them. Like he could in the first place. <laughs> so I didn't actually, yeah. It makes no sense. It's like I get it's trying to be cool and I get that it's like the doctor's an alien and we, and we can't really understand his sort of way of looking mm. at things. But surely it would be kinder to imprison them like he did and let them die out rather than waiting for them to die by putting innocence in danger and continuing to allow them to just run amok and kill anyone to find out where he is. Mm, mm. You know? Um, yeah. That's why he comes across as like a villain. It's like, well, you weren't being kind because so many people died because you just didn't... Like, he literally... Oh my, do you know what it's like? Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds okay. me of um when people talk about uh, the resurrection of Jesus... Right, because because okay. on the face of it, right, it's right. Jesus dying for our sins and all that, and then being resurrected. But when you think okay. about it for more than two seconds, what it essentially is is God coming down in human form, uh, getting tortured and killed, and then sort of realizing, oh, I forgive you. And then going back up to heaven, it's like the the entire exercise is like just pointless, because God could have just went, yeah, I forgive you immediately, rather than having to mm. torture himself in human form and then go back. So like, why didn't he just imprison them and the, let them die out rather than turning into a human, getting himself tortured with feelings of love and the horrible scene where he's like screaming because of how much it hurts. It's like it's so yeah. weird and gross. That is a very good point. He does. It is utterly pointless, <laughs> which is something I've never considered. If he'd have just let it run its natural course, because it doesn't. He also doesn't. In order to protect them, to to be kind to them and protect them from the the wrath of the Time Lord and all the rest of it, he doesn't necessarily need to turn himself into a human or all the rest of it. You could just shoot them in the head. That would yeah. <laughs> would that not be kinder than torturing them for eternity? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, I don't Yeah. When you take a step back, that, that whole aspect of oh he was he was uh protecting himself protecting us to be kind to us, it doesn't really make much sense. No. Which is something I've only just realised when you said it. <laughs> and he forms this emotional attachment with, with an, another human being and then after killing him off, he asks her to come with him. Yeah. And sort of evokes uh, stuff of like John Smith and saying, oh, he's in here somewhere. I'm capable of all that as well. That is so weird. 
it's sort of manipulative as well. Really manipulative. Because the doctor knows. It's, it's saying, essentially, John Smith is sort of, is a slice of the Doctor. Yeah. It's sort of, he shaved off a slice of the Doctor and, and, and that's the the human that was running around. But to, to say that, like, um, uh, John Smith is in here and I can be him, it's, it's short, is it not like saying to a partner, I can, I can be a better person, I can, I can, I can, um, I can be faithful, or I can, and all the rest of it. But it's like, well, why didn't you just do it then? Yeah. If, if if you want to be this better person, if you want to be this version of yourself that's that's better, why not just do it? Why why do you need the excuse of Joan Redfern? It's yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the Doctor is kind of a bit of a dick in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the direct correlation would be if like I killed someone's partner. And then was like, I'm capable right. of all that too. It's like, it's so weird. Yeah, it's because, because they look the same. You sort of yeah, you you're forget twi- that he is functionally killing someone. Yeah, yeah. I kill my twin brothers. Uh, no, I kill my... Uh, uh, how do I word it? I you kill your twin brother and then appeal to your twin yes. brother's girlfriend and say, I can be like him. I can be just as much the man that he was. I'm capable of yeah. all that. You know, I mean, I've went traveling for years and the last person I formed an emotional attachment to has been trapped in a uh, another world. But I'm mm. capable of all that. Um, oh, it's so weird. And Joan says it, it point blank. She's like, if the doctor hadn't chosen this place on a whim, would anyone have died? So it's totally true. Yeah. Like the TARDIS just, just picked picks... up like a just some random island where he'd be herding sheep. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. <laughs> or no sheep, just nothing. Could have hidden in a yeah. cave, like just anywhere where there's little lot. And especially before the First World War, like <laughs> when tensions are already at their heights and a war's coming a year's time, you pick a sc- a military school filled with mm. children. Who are probably going to inevitably be made to fight if the family finds you? No, fuck that. The doctor's a cunt. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Nothing can change my mind. No, on I this. know. I know what you mean. Nothing. Nothing can change <coughs> your mind. No, nothing. The doctor donates one hundred percent of his net worth to UNICEF. What do you mean oh, net worth? He lives in a the house. Evidence is, the it, evidence is, is turning towards he's a good guy. It, oh. At best, the doctor is a murdering, manipulative squatter. That's that's what he is. He stole a house <laughs> that doesn't even belong to him. He's going about killing all sorts of people and then manipulating the, the people that's left behind to stay with him because it's a good time. He's a bastard. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, man. <laughs> I'm only just sort of realising this now. See, when I have like a sort of a thought that goes a bit deeper... And then I start mm. speaking about it. It leads me down this horrible rabbit hole of realizing how shit <laughs> everything is. Um, Darius said something. Uh, the book makes more sense. Oh, he's he's also typing, so he's probably going to be like, "Wait, you fucking!" It just absolutely just dis- the book was the based book was based around the Seventh Doctor. Is there much of a Character difference between the seventh Doctor and the tenth? I cannot say I know. Yeah, the the seventh Doctor is like a lot more sort of bigger picture kind of rather than human. If you get me, he's much more okay. alien. Um, which I guess makes sense, but like, mm. you know, 
I don't know. I just find it a bit weird. Yeah, and I, I, I do know what you mean. It is a bit sort of creepy and gross. Yeah. <laughs> is is, is the, 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 the idea that comes to mind. Um, It's even more creepier and grosser when you think that if the Doctor had to pick uh, someone that would blend in, rather than being just some bloke hiding in a cave, let's just say for the sake of argument, he had to pick like a village or a town or a city where he had to blend in, just for the sake of argument. Yeah. Okay. But then why would he pick a place, a building full of children? Yes. Why would he pick a building full of children that are going to die in the coming years when they're drafted into the First World War? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It just seems a bit why would he weird. Pi- <laughs> why would he pick a place where his only companion will no doubt suffer racist abuse from people yeah. in the historical period? Like what? 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 Why couldn't it have been a really far distant future where uh, race doesn't even play into people's decision making? And mm. you know, if that if such a place even exists, um, it's just really You're weird. You're blue. Oh, great! We saved a race. <laughs> Yeah, but it's 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 weird. Um, no, you're completely right. That is, you do raise another good point. He really fucked it up with the with the picking of the place. Also, I might have missed this. How come the family of blood can travel through time? C- can they do it with a lot of precision? Yeah, this. St- oh, uh, it was mentioned at the beginning. Stone technology. Right. That's it. That was the. Oh right. Well, that's a bit shit. I don't mean this. I don't mean to let shit on this episode because I think it's a great episode. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. It's got nine nine point two out of ten on IMDb. This is pretty good. Yeah, it's very entertaining. But like, I think mm. you know the idea that oh, what a terrible circumstance they've managed to get themselves into without any blame being allocated whatsoever. It's like no, mm. the doctor could absolutely have dealt with a family without. Uh, getting a town bombed, uh, yeah. children to <laughs> compromise their moral integrity that they haven't even learned about yet, countless people dead, and to destroy the heart of someone who has fallen in love with a human being, and mm, mm. to make his companion suffer racist abuse and continue to be alienated. It should be proven to Martha beyond a shadow of a doubt at this point that he just isn't into you. You know, mm, because mm. even when he was a completely different person, he didn't even give you a second glance, which is just, it's horrible. It's really just yeah, villainous. It's horrible, yeah. It, um, yeah, it's hard to say if it's villainous because, I mean, you know, from a human standpoint, it is villainous. But then you sort of start to consider, well, how much does the Doctor value human life? Because he says he values human life very greatly. But then Hopefully a lot. if the Doctor's living for a thousand years and up, what do you mean? Well, hopefully a lot. Otherwise, what's the point of the character? Oh yeah, hundred. I don't get me wrong. I agree with you. But in I'm I'm just simply playing devil's advocate. If in theory the Doctor barely values human life at all, beyond I don't know, like a the function of a of a of a of a profit generating asset or a meat shield at the very least. Yeah. If he doesn't value human life. Then his decisions make slightly more sense. Yeah. But. Just because they make sense doesn't mean they're morally okay. Yeah, true. It's still a, a horrific decision to make. I mean, there's a great scene in, in future seasons in an episode called Thin Ice in season 10, uh, best season of the show, um, and the the Doctor, uh, his companion Bill, has seen a person die in front of her for the yes. first time, and um, the Doctor's like, what's wrong? 
and he can't like conceive of what you know yeah and mm-hmm. she's like what's wrong i've just seen a person die and it's like how many people have you seen die and he's like i don't i don't even know and and she's like yeah. um oh do you care and he's like i care but i move on and you know bill does have like the sort of moral high ground but the doctor then says um uh something like uh oh i can't i can't it's like were you going to stand here stomping your feet yeah because i'm are you going to move on i don't have time for the luxury of outrage yes i'm Um, I'm two thousand years old Yeah. yeah exactly so it's it's that's a it's capaldi does it really well to be like an alien like mm, i think mm. we forget that he is an alien yeah and the time lords are like continuously characterized as a race of like people who just watch yeah yeah and if they just watch for you know billions of years obviously they're going to be a bit distant and the doctor while he breaks from the mold of that he's probably mm. still got a a sort of inability to perceive feelings in the same way we do because our lives are yeah. so like i don't want to say small but like they just that we can't comprehend of, of things that the doctor has experienced because we just mm. we just mm. weren't born into that um yeah no I, yeah you're you're right it's um I think it is sort of uncomfortable to watch in a strange way because you're you're suddenly you're um out of your comfort zone is the only term I can think of but it's not it doesn't quite fit you're you're looking at David Tennant and he's not the person you thought he was Does that make sense? it's like he's out yeah. of a zone and that makes you uncomfortable so there's <laughs> the words comfort and zone are in there but you know um but yeah he's not the sort of kind uh, generous doctor that you've been led to believe he's actually this very alien creature yeah. with morals completely different to your own um, and you sort of start to question well this this sadness that he's exhibiting this regret, this remorse is it real at all? or is this just a show to make um, Jessica Hines what's her name? Um, bloody hell just, um, yeah, Jessica Joan Hines. Redfern better yeah do you know what I mean? It, I think it makes you uncomfortable in a in a very uncomfortable way. Yeah, very much so. Um, what is the difference between the Time Lords and incredibly wealthy people like Jeff Bezos? Um, well, the Time Lords can time travel. Well, well I mean, like um. conceptually, <laughs> like um, I, I, I um, I'm not entirely sure how to answer that one. What what do you mean more specifically? Well, the Time Lords are... They have immense power. They're very indifferent and just sort of stay back and, and don't dirty themselves. Or maybe maybe that's a wrong example. The Queen, maybe she's a better example, you know? Okay. Like, you can make moral statements about the Queen, mm. but because it's a sci-fi show, it's harder to sort of justify... Um, well, it's just a, a sci-fi show, but it's like... Is the are the Time Lords a force worth having? If you know what I mean? Um, I do know what you mean. Uh, sort of weighing it up on aggregate, as it were, it sort of makes sense to have the Time Lords knocking about. He, he has certainly saved a lot of lives. I'm, I, 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 there's no way at all I can prove this, but I would argue that it's um, the sort of immense guilt the Doctor feels for 
the the the, the pain and suffering in the time war is, is sort of balanced out by the good he tries to do now and i i think maybe there's an argument there that he is he's he is boots on the ground trying to help sort of thing um, trying to help out and fix things, and what's that Peter Capaldi thing? I'm an idiot in a box with a screwdriver, yep. running through, helping out, which is a terrible line within the episode. But it, you know, overall as a character-defining string of words, it does sort of make sense. Yeah. Um, if you consider him to be you know, an idiot with a screwdriver fixing things, then he becomes a more endearing character. But it's hard to deny his nature as this alien creature, like we've been saying. So. <laughs> bringing it back round to the Queen, oddly enough, um, is she boots on the ground helping out? No, not really. <laughs> um, is she? Is is there something in her nature that means she inherently makes good decisions or inherently is is helpful or is beneficial? Yeah, there's there's an argument there. I'm not sure if I'm convinced, but I know there's it's, there's an argument there one way or the other. Um, so I do see your point, but I'd say that because the Doctor is trying to do things to better the situation he's in, I would argue maybe he is a good character overall. Yeah, I I, I guess so. Um, that was a, a long way to say a very simple <laughs> sentence, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I, I think he is a good, or, or tries to be a good person. But I just and at the end of the day, is trying to be a good person is not isn't is that not ninety percent of being a good person? Do you know what I mean? Not if like, um... not if you trying to be a good person is like <laughs> like killing innocent people. It's like oh no, I've tried again and I've failed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But um, it's an it's a, it's another line from the politician, a show that you still haven't watched. You big dick. I know. Um, you need to compel what me. You're doing with yourself. Watch it, or I will kill your entire family. Whoa. Is that a, a good way to compel you? For legal reasons, that's a joke, YouTube. Don't yes, it take is, it is down. a joke. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a line in The Politician. Um, ben, oh God, I've forgotten his name. He was singing on Strictly Come Dancing at the weekend, and I've completely forgotten his name. Um, ben. But yeah, he... No, it's not going to come to me, oh. but yeah, him. Um, the main character, anyway, is sort of having this this conversation with a friend of his, and he's like, "I think I might be a bad person. It just doesn't occur to me to make morally moral decisions one particular way or one particular other way. I want to be a good person, but I don't know if I can be a good person." Oh. And he sort of says, "So what you're saying is that you want to be a good person? Yeah. Well, is that not is that not most of the way there? Do you know what I mean? If you are presented with decisions and you approach them <coughs> with the mindset of, I want to be a good person, I want to do a good thing here, that's most of the battle. Um, Actually, making the decision is a small amount of what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Is it, though? Because what is good? Because like, I'm sure that a fascist believes that they're good. Y- mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, oh, I want to be a good person but their version of good is completely antithetical to mine, you know? I, I wouldn't mm. see it I wouldn't see it even remotely as good. I would see it as wickedness and and yeah. So it's like it's inter- it's like what well, what if you want to be a good person, well how do you how do you even know what what mm. that means, you know? So do you think the doctor considers himself a good person? I would say so. Mm-hmm. If not if not a good person, right? Like like yeah, morally yeah. correct, you know, most mm. of the time. And even if if he do, if they don't consider themselves morally correct, then 
they act with a hell of a lot of certainty for someone who doesn't know what they're what they're fighting for, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, are you ready for a hot, hot take? I'm ready for a spicy take. Okay, the Doctor is responsible for every person that the Daleks have killed. Every person? Every, ever? every really? single person, yeah. Or... Okay, that's a, that is a spicy take. I'll amend, <laughs> I'll amend my statement. The Doctor and the Time Lords are responsible for every single person that the Daleks have killed. Okay, what makes you say that? What what's your what's your justification for that one? Because the Time Lords send the Doctor back in time, and mm. the Davros finds out that the Doctor's from a different time in a different world, and on Scaro, it's not even believed that there are like that there's life beyond the five planets or something like that. And Davros okay. takes all this information about the defeat of the Daleks and stuff. And mm. this makes him paranoid and puts um, a force field in his uh, chair when the Daleks shoot him. And therefore Davros survives and goes on to create more Daleks and they destroy whole species. So the Doctor instigated the chain reaction of the Daleks' creation then? Yes. Okay, well that's depressing. <laughs> yep. I I know what you mean. The, the the difficulty is that Daleks don't have freedom of choice. They just do things, and then they keep on doing things forever. They they don't. I can, you you can see why it's so easy to write them as an emotionless robot because they don't really have freedom of choice. They, they do. see something different from themselves. Well, I mean, in theory, they do. Yes, but they don't. They, their their freedom of choice is there's something different from me in front of it. Out of the many ways at my disposal, how should I kill it? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not. They don't have a freedom of moral choice. They have well, a freedom they, of technical choice. But they do because they believe that that's right. Would you commit genocide against the Daleks? Absolutely. Uh, yes, I would. It's um, it's like it's the Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, it, that um, that's what's so interesting about the Doctor. The whole thing about do I have the right to destroy an entire intelligent life form, and then ten seasons later absolutely demolishes the family of blood and puts them in these horrible torture mm. devices and it makes that guy a scarecrow and traps a child in a mirror and yeah because it's sort of um it's it's what am i saying every moral question comes down to a question of suffering yeah and he's inflicted infinite suffering on the family of blood yeah. they will never die and they're infinitely in these suffering situations oh my god so the scale is already pretty infinitely weighted one way or the other. Do you know what I mean? Lewis, I am down the fucking rabbit hole now, right? These creatures <laughs> okay. live for three fucking months. Three months. So you're telling me that these creatures, three months old, just come out of the womb evil and want to conquer everything? I mean, I suppose the Daleks the, do. The family of blood? Yeah. Okay. It's like Martha said that there were like, um, mayflies three months and they die. Oh my god. And then the doctor, <laughs> rather than sort of containing them, putting them in a little pen or something and letting them die as their natural life cycle would do, he traps them for infinity <laughs> after having let them destroy yeah. an entire town. Yeah, the doctor might not be as as morally virtuous as you might have thought. <laughs> wow, I think we've I think we've done it, folks. I think we're now uh completely aware of the Doctor's bullshit and mm. he is the biggest villain 
that no one maybe the maybe the 13th doctor is the only good version of the doctor that actually maybe. considers her companions uh, feelings maybe that's what we've been building up to you know maybe yeah i'm 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 jody pilled now or chibnall pilled or whatever, i don't know uh, but there you go if you hear that vibrating, no, it's because I'm, I'm getting a phone call from the BBC to say, stop what you're doing or we will assassinate you. <laughs> <laughs> the assassins are on their way, Daniel. Yep. Do you remember the BBC uh, TV vans that would let... Uh, you have told me about this before. Yeah. I was, I've been unaware about it before you've told me it. Yep. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a shit way to enforce people to pay the TV licence. To have a TV yeah, van be. roaming the the suburbs. <laughs> Are the police with them, or is it just some guy knocking your door, just Big Ken or something like? Hey, get your TV license paid for. The <laughs> Big Ken <laughs> from nineteen fifties New York. Yeah, part of the Soprano family who emigrated. Uh, yeah, but with to suburban London. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> take that, the many saints of Newark. You know that's the that's the sequel to that. I, that's the spin-off that you want. There's gonna be a spin-off where Arya is um running around uh, wherever she's running around in doing all her Game of Thrones stuff. Oh, there's gonna be a sequel to The Sopranos where um Tony Soprano's son goes to suburban London and becomes a mob enforcer in suburban London for an offshoot of the Cray family or something. Yeah. It's going to be um, a, a, an o- a spin-off of Doctor Who where Jenny, the Doctor's daughter from that episode, <laughs> moves to... Um, <laughs> where, where should she go to, Dan? Uh, Following this this theme. I, d- I don't know. Um, she should uh, go to um, uh, Beyond Scared Straight. Um, right. You know, the, you know the show where, where parents put their children... And the the, I do. the yes. prison program to scare them. That's where she should go. <laughs> sounds, I see no flaws with that. Yep. That sounds perfect. And le- it, instead of like human beings, it's like the the Slovene or something, and they're like, "You want to end up like me?" <laughs> Fuck! What a horrible show! What a terrible, horrible show! Rather than like getting like therapy or like you know get a counselor or some like uh you know, social worker to come and try and figure out what's wrong, maybe raise uh, the income inequality in America. Yeah, let's mm, put them mm. in a prison and uh, have prisoners <laughs> interact with <laughs> Oh, God, that's such a terrible... Because, if anything, that's not going to help. That'll make it worse, no, really. No, really, but just... Oh, oh good Lord. Does it, do they know what anyway. trauma is? Jesus Christ. But um, I think it's time for closing statements. Yes. Now that we've had such a weirdly heavy episode of Whispering <sighs> Into the Void. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my closing statement is, War, what is it good for? For being kind. That's what it's good for, you fools. <laughs> um, my closing statement is, it's kind of fucked when you think about it, isn't it, this episode? <laughs> I bet it was, did you alter that? Did you score it out? Oh, this is a good episode. And then I start, the doctor's a fucking psychopath. And you're like, oh, God, okay. It's fucked up. The, thing is, the episode, the thing, the depressing thing is, it is a good episode. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. And it's, 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 it makes you, the fact that it makes you ask a lot of these questions, that's the entire point of sci-fi, really. Very much It's so. to make you ask questions that are sort of 
difficult to think about and difficult to answer because in a theoretical sense you can have all right i've got a gun that will kill every murderer on earth ever should i pull it do you know what i mean you can answer these questions with a sci-fi with good sci-fi so i'm glad it's made me think these things but i'm sad now anyway yeah absolutely um but there you go folks uh the family of blood um should we do some shilling lewis yeah go on then okay um, okay. Okay, there. Uh, okay. <laughs> we all have link trees. Uh, Lewis's is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram. And the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube. Go have a look. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment. There you go. Um, we also have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly greatly appreciated uh we also have patreon and we want to take the opportunity as we do every week to thank our wonderful wonderful patrons uh chloe thank you darius thank you peter thank you aditya thank you natalie thank you and doogie thank you one and all you make the show possible and it is absolutely a pleasure to be making this show so thank you for facilitating that pleasure uh, if you can come up with a more butchered way to say that, then I will give you a pound. <laughs> a pounding to the face. Oh! Way. There you go. Um, For legal reasons, that was a joke. It was a Please joke, no YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> Jesus. Um, don't don't bring the big man into this, okay? He's been through enough. Um, but yeah, that was that was the family of blood, and I believe the next episode, as we draw near to the end of season three, is don't blink. Don't even blink, don't blink, and you're dead, dead. There you go. Yeah, that was flawless impression of David Tennant. That was an actual clip from the episode. Um, was it? Yeah. Wow. So look forward to that, and don't shit in the sink. That's what I heard. I didn't hear the... I, I missed... <laughs> I missed it. I heard don't, and then I heard ink, so I'm just filling in the gaps, folks. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. Indeed. Wait, no. Wait, whoa, whoa. I've, I've missed out about 18 layers of, of shilling, Lewis. Oh, the tragedy. Go on. Uh, okay, merch, Teespring, Redbubble. We sell jumpers, tote bags, socks, mugs. Get yourself something nice because Christmas is around the corner. Or get something for Halloween because you've got to look good in Halloween, even though we don't do any <laughs> Halloween merch. And last but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12, Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Uh, Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful, wonderful company run by my wonderful, wonderful wife, in which they crochet, and they're very, very good at it. And if you'd like to keep up to date with precisely what they're doing now and everything that's going on in that little world, you can go to at Number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram, and you can check out what's going on over there. Absolutely, you can. Um, Sorry for jumping the gun there, folks. Uh. Danny it's, Danny, it's your inner socialist stopping you. Yes, absolutely. My inner socialist just wanted me to rush through that, you know. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you, hear you, smell you, manipulate your feelings <laughs> next time. I hope we won't. No, Goodbye. We, we won't. We won't.